How do we start this thing? Come on. That is, I mean. Our uh, format, what was our format again? Oh, to go from what? Intro, uh, like a minute each. Intro, so, okay. Yeah, what's, what's new with us this week? What's going on? Well, right, but, but uh, there should be like, I mean, this is our first show. We should do some sort of like short intro, right? Yeah. Okay, this is the Ukulele Review Podcast. This is Andrew. I'm here with Zach and Joel. What's up, guys? How's it going? You know, this is some after hours, after work kind of stuff where we just talk story and, uh, you know, give some opinions. Joel sets up ukuleles all day. Zach uh, helps people and, uh, you know, he's a professional musician. And then a lot of what I do at this point is just kind of trying to figure out what's, uh, what's the coolest, newest, best things to show you guys and uh so together we're gonna try to make a little potty cast out of it um start us off zach aloha um my name is zach chimizu and i work here at the ukulele site um right now my house right now we're at we're at the house but i work for andrew and we, no, 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 no. We, we all work for the customers. You don't work for me. I, I thought this I was my, customer. my. Oh, okay, okay. Go, my go, go, we all work for the customers. Yeah. <clears throat> and you. Once again, my name is Zachary Elias Keahi Shimizu. I enjoy boxing ukuleles. It's kind of it's kind of weird, but I actually enjoy it. It's like stuffing paper into a box, making it really tight so the ukulele doesn't yeah. move. Like that's actually really fun. This is why I and, like being around these guys. You know, whatever they do, they take it on as uh, an artist of life. Yeah, artist, boxer. Anyways, I enjoy doing that, but I also know a lot about the product. So, you know, like uh, having been working here for about almost five years now, but, you know, I started not knowing a lot about ukulele. I could play, I, you know, I could play like some chords and stuff and sing a song or two, but I had no idea about the construction, the wood types, the what the word action meant, intonation. You know, I had nothing of this knowledge when I first started, but I could kind of play it and then um slowly i got to learn so much more involved you know like from the construction to the types of woods and the type of tone each wood brings and you know different sizes bring in different tones and everything is just like you know a, a big learning ride you know and it's it keeps going and um i mean there's some people that never that are, are can be pretty good players that never really give it much thought. Right. Right. But you know, you know it's just. It, but if you're gonna try what, to help other people is, understand it, yeah, then you I mean, have so to kind of learn it. I have right, to learn yeah. it and then relay it. So, you know, getting the understanding of as best as I know, like as much as I know, like I hope I can give it, you know, back to the customers. All right, <laughs> Joel. This is Joel. I work in the setup department, mostly on the Hawaiian instruments. But when I'm all caught up on those, then. I'm doing like the rest. The Chris and Eli help out as well, part of the team. Um, sometimes I even help Zach pack. But Did you say you're the team captain? I, uh, yes. I say we're I'm a co-captain. There's a few captains in the shop. Mm. I'm not gonna try There's and take all the credit. And defense, right? So. There's, I mean, alphas and betas for sure. There's a hierarchy, but we don't discuss it out loud. Well, I'm not. The, I'm in a ditch somewhere. So yeah. See, that's but that's that's the sneaky alpha. Like you know who you are, but you're not saying it. I'll text you from a ditch, though. <laughs> Tell you what needs to happen. But um, so yeah, I spend most of my time working on setups and the instruments and helping out with emails or answering questions from customers or taking phone calls. Really, whatever needs to be done. But mostly setups. Helps Zach box once in a while, but he doesn't 
think my taping skills are quite like up to me. standards. I can't set up like Even you. Even though technically I was boxing Joel before he was, that. so I kind of gave him the pointers and then he ran you. with it. So in you know the foundation that the house is built on is really the most important part or it'd crumble, right, Zach? I don't know. I don't know, Joel. I think I think he kind of like... Do not build your house upon sand. I think he took Boxing King right out the bat, but um, yeah. you definitely are the setup master. Joel is I mean, the setup master. You know, no we don't have to about talk it. about this much, but um, this is the first podcast, so I can just go ahead and say Joel has done tens of thousands of setups on ukuleles, and um, he's the man. You know, I mean, like I used to think like nobody can set up as good as me. I set up for Kolov for almost ten years, but Joel, uh, yeah. Thank you. I, I give him the respect he uh, deserves, and he spent the better part of his life perfecting that art. So, you know, got to give respect where it's due. Anyways, my name is Andrew, and uh, I just kind of like, at this point, work on the website and do videos, and, you know, we'll jump in here and there as, as needed um, to help out wherever is needed. I just kind of uh, do whatever you need me to do as the customer to make sure that you have a good experience and uh usually that means bending over and taking it <laughs> you just want to do editing don't you uh no i uh wanted to do a section at the beginning of the podcast where each of us go around and we just talk about like the last if, if we're going to do this once a week then Let's just go around, kind of talk about what our week has entailed. And um, I mean, you know, definitely throw in anything uke related, but uh, we don't have to be, you know, only you people. We are yeah, regular nice. people too. So, uh, <clears throat> Zach, what happened this week? Well, this week I got, or this past uh, Saturday night, I got to open for an artist called. Kavehi. She go, um, her website is imkavehi.com and she's like a looping artist. Um, I remember seeing her about a year ago, some of her videos, and just being that, like, dang. She had that Michael Jackson song. What was it? Um, she keeps putting out cool like mashups and all kinds of just really trippy cool solo stuff. Is she just play solo? Yeah, she's just her, like, by herself, man. Confident, and like, she kills it. Like, she, she nails her Parts and like she does she sit on the stage Indian style like she no, does no, in no. so many of her videos no 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 she didn't she didn't do that you know I think uh, she needs to think about the crowd and Zach real quick for the people who wouldn't know what is a looping artist looping artist it's it's when you use a, a pedal that's called a looper which takes your signal and basically records you for however long you want and then it'll put it on a consistent loop so like a and whenever you start it to stop it, it'll just keep replaying over and over again. So um, with that, you know, you're able to create different layers of sound. That reminds me, the first time you came into HMS was to try out a looper. I was, yeah. The very first <laughs> time meeting Andrew It was, it was, a, new, it was a new pedal that, that was the first I was time sure meeting I could, uh, my good friend you here. Know, I mean, it was one of those boss, you know, every other year boss comes out with like a new looper. So I busted out the new looper from... Uh, it's box and I was sure that it was just like the other ones and I was like yeah man check this out it's so cool blah 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 and, yeah uh, let me check it out how do you use it 10 minutes later I was just feeling kind of dumb but um well he didn't know how to use it yet so he figured it out in front of me but we you know he got it to work and I bought it I'm talking to Zach who's a 
No, Hanu Hanu Award winner, you know. Yeah, so whatever. Like, Anyways, yeah. I got to open for her. It was Hanu fun. Hanu. It was it was fun. Um, so you um, can check her out. She actually played uh, Koloha. Did you do she played a Koloha stuff? tenor. Oh um, yeah. Uh, she uh, did. I, f- I forget how, the Hawaiian, the name of the Hawaiian song that she did, but yeah, it was really cool. The the Koloha sounded good. I wanted to ask her what pickup she was using, but uh, I had to leave. So I wonder if one if like they got a hold of her or if she just like found one out of yeah. Local I'm not sure. Store. Yeah, like what, the story behind of you know why they choose a certain instrument. But where's she from? She, originally, I mean, she's from born and raised here, I, I believe, and uh, she graduated uh, 2002. Or something like that. Was it like Maui or something? Kamehameha. No, she's oh. here. Oh. Actually, my cousin went to school with her. But, anyways, yeah, man, she was cool. You should check her out. She's um, great. Yeah. Kavehi. I am Kavehi.com. Yeah. This is an MTSH cedar top pono. So, a, a slot head with a cedar top and a mahogany back and sides pono ukulele with mahana strings i believe koolau mahanama strings mahanama <laughs> this is the koolau mahana set and then um it's going this is a pono passive so um so like i said uh boss ebony 70 with the t-rem olo effect uh and also the eventide space number one preset means when you when you hit the wrong note when you're trying to uh, make something pretty and you don't hit a pretty note it's called a fart note and that's what that was so now actually it's just um, we created the first tone which is the one you just heard with the ME70 T rem olo tremolo tremolo sound going into the eventide space pedal and then I turned off the effect to create the beat effect. And then now we can go back to the same tone that we used uh, from the first one. all the same tone yeah we can just keep going maybe uh we could like strengthen up that beat make it a little more yeah joel me it's the me. mostly the same every week i don't <laughs> have as exciting of a life i don't oh, gig God. out or anything i rarely get out of the house but what would you uh, yeah. do this weekend this weekend i Oh, well, we did go see the 
new Captain America Civil War thing. There wasn't, you go. wasn't bad. It wasn't, well, it was all right, you know? But uh, right. Sunday I did a lot of cooking and I exercised. Oh. I, I'm really I, I into think, diet and exercise lately. I, I think I would do that if I didn't have children. I wouldn't know really what to do. I just dive straight into. Well, it's funny because every weekend before that, I spent those weekends not having children, and that's why this last weekend <laughs> I had the freedom. I'm yeah. still. I'm thinking about keeping it going, but it's mostly just out of the fear of what kind of child yeah. would. Before I had kids, I spent every moment of trying to have kids. I think you know inadvertently. That's like a. It's like what is it the Arab. Ouroboros, Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail. Just, just a closed loop. I don't get it. Well, anyways, you brought up Confucius. Okay. Did some more setups and I put in some more pickups. That's nothing else kind of crazy happened, but I spent a lot of time listening to music and podcasts when I'm working and I found a new band that I like. So that's probably the most exciting thing. Which one is that? Exotic Animal Petting Zoo. <laughs> Already. So that's kind of the highlight. If I find something new that I like, I mean, that keeps me fueled to do more, crank out some more setups. I think they're missing an ukulele player. In the oh, room. they might. They they got. They would have to play a TE though, like a thim- I mean. They would have to play a TE. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to like, compete with the rest. You can't have a sound hole in that band. Um, as far as like, hmm. you know, recently, um, from my side of things. I uh, was really psyched to be able to finish the case order that I've been working on for a while with this company. Um, we finalized that a few days ago. Um, and I'm psyched. I mean, what did you guys think of the cases? I, I was stoked. They looked like... Like better than... Better than the other... I mean, like well, the factory makes for plenty of different companies. Right. So can... I mean, but the samples that I chose, I I really felt that, good about the that, black you know? one, that the yeah. crossrock kind of style one, mm-hmm. with the black leather stitching and stuff. But there's two cases you guys haven't seen yet because, like, I kind of, <gasps> well, yeah, this is like you know, insider info it's right here. Exciting. Why are you holding out? Oh man, that was kind of depressing. What? I don't know. I kind of feel like. Like what I did was depressing. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just like it's like uh, pretending like this kind of stuff is important. Oh, well, <laughs> it's exciting in context. Like it is exciting. If everything is vanilla right, and you right, get something yeah, that's yeah, yeah. chocolate, then mm-hmm. you got to be excited when you get your chocolate. I was gonna change the world though. No. Anyways, we had this Pepe Romero come to us. Probably the coolest thing that has happened to me in the last week is I just decided to keep this ukulele that had come our way because. Sounds huge. I mean, there's something that happens in this like middle part of the fretboard with his that's just like there's so many overtones going on, and this is one of the most beautiful sounding instruments I've heard.
you hear any sort of repetitive uh, speech in the background, that's just my son. Stiffer! Okay. <laughs> Stiffer doing it at home. <laughs> <laughs> we should do this on the days when they go to the gym. Um, so, you know, what else has been going Well, yesterday I went down to Koaloha and uh, we picked up some different prototypes for opios that aren't made oh, yet yeah, but man, that opio tenor looked like it looked, looked like it was a koloha i thought it was until like awesome. i was doing the video yeah. and i saw the headstock i'm like did, did you know kalei really liked the sound oh, of yeah. that too you know yeah, and I, I mean it's it's i i think there's still something that the hawaiian made ones have on them but uh you know i i would be one of the people buying an opio if uh this was just my hobby you know, it, it's close enough to. I mean, it's it's in the upper. I mean, it'll like, be like like you could do whatever you need to do musically. Like you know, right? I mean, I mean, sometimes you have the player who who just can't afford a thousand dollars, right? So, but right. half that half of that is like you know five hundred to six hundred. But it's you know. nuances, you know. It's to the point of where like yeah, this is basically. I mean, they've got the unibrace. They're built the same way as the fifteen fret to body tenor, you know using the same exact very unique koloha construction which uh it, it just has a sound yeah, to itself you know so it sounds like a koloha i mean like the hawaiian koa ones maybe have just a touch more like articulation you know each instrument is going to be a little bit individual but uh the opios are impressive and now basically what they did was they took the entire koloha hawaiian line and they gave it a different look so they all have the rosewood fretboard versus just the tenors having it and they all have the um you know the rosewood bridge now so the new thing for 2016 is they have the abalone logo and right. pearl dots they all have that look now but if you notice the new opios look like the old Colo yeah, yeah, like they both took a step and forward. then i was talking to brian today he's like yeah i'm trying to get them to bring in the crown fretboard at the end too and basically, the opios are going to be, if you like the old school style koloha, you know, Peng is running the shop over there that's building them. And like, he's got a real passion for it. And, and it's, it's cool that they were able to go over there and tool up and actually make an identical version of the koloha that they, they make versus like, you know, the, um, the koalana at this point is basically like an import the way that a lot of like you know like the islander from connie Lea is like they're not trying to exactly copy it they're just kind of giving it that similar look and they're they're bringing it in and, and you know it's at a price point to where it's like you know we gave it some of our specs and we gave it some of our style the opio is like a identical copy and the hawaiian guys went over to thailand to set up the tooling and the jigs and the whole nine yards you know right so it's a different thing and yeah we had some problems with the first run or two and then they clamped down and set up a quality control with the humidity control and you know um I, i'd say the last two or three batches from them have been consistently good right yeah i mean i'm excited i mean the, the, especially so, the keisha they look right they look like yeah. cola i mean it was crazy and and so like i was talking to pang and he's like you know i'm thinking like the Opio line doesn't have to be um, just a copy of the Koaloha line. Like we should 
you step outside of that and we'll each you know the same way that like a toyota will have like certain colors lexus doesn't and you know certain styles and body shapes they don't like they're they're each their own thing even mm-hmm. though they belong to the same company so that's why uh, you know we were uh we sampled clay playing the two spruce tops earlier like that spruce I top concert spruce, thing I was punchy i mean it was loud and uh I, I was digging it so you know they haven't even officially made that a model yet but uh, i would put my vote towards it so For that sure. was cool so spruce. that went on and then um there's been a number of different uh, pickup situations that seem to have come up in the last week, maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the things in this last week that like got me really excited was uh, trying out the Lyric from LR Bags, which is a microphone pickup in the body, which has always been like, you know, a, something that to me just didn't pan out didn't work out you know and i think the problem has been just the technology of the microphone and preamp because i I really like the lyric you know for the first time i'm like whoa this is actually what um you know i had uh, what i had wished for which is a little bit less attack on your initial um you know, a little bit less string noise, a little bit less uh, just that piezo sound, which is a bigger problem with steel string guitars, I think, in general. And and um, you can get away with, like, I mean, you can get a pretty good sound with just an undersaddle with nylon stringed instruments. But um, for the purist or somebody that's just more attuned to, like, the, what they want to hear as the natural acoustic sound, but a little bit louder... Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, we we were listening to it uh, through some of the cheaper amps. Yeah, stuff. it was like D A five or whatever. But no, I mean, yeah, I thought it sounded really good. It wasn't the feedback issue was the biggest thing I was worried about with the mic and everything. But I, I didn't get it to feedback. Didn't get it feedback at all. Yeah, and it was a good like natural tone, and it wasn't overly like percussive or anything to where you're just you're catching up too much fingernail noise or like picking noise and stuff right. too i feel like pretty... um with, with with playing with some of these um pickups that have like a little bit higher string attack like you start you start getting a little bit lighter like you're playing like you try and compensate and play a little bit lighter mm-hmm. because of the string attack so then like like you get you get uh thrown off because you're like i can't dig in because you can't dig gonna, in you can't get the be, stain you want yeah, out of it too, it's gonna be too loud or it's just like it doesn't sound right but with this now I felt like I could actually like feel confident actually giving it a good strum or you know not being afraid to pick it a little bit you know harsh. So what you're saying right? like it'll take if uh, it's that pressure zone mic it'll take it and like remix it so even if you had like something that's really hard in attack or like something that would normally like overdrive one of those like stick on mm-hmm. sensors or like the other mic ones that we tried. Right. Instead of feeding back or taking too much, it compresses it down, so you don't have to worry so much about digging in and it, you know, clipping just, out or yeah, playing like you're playing acoustically. I mean, you just that's play how you would. I can see, I can't see someone playing that in any style and I, having that issue. I think that's as, as a, as a someone who plays, you know, shows and stuff like, the ultimate, especially with any acoustic instrument, it, to me is, if you could play exactly the way you do at home, 
like the way you're at comfortable at you know wherever you are that you're at your most comfortable position and hearing your instrument and when you go to a show and you, you plug it in now it's just like this is not what I hear at home or this is not how I you know like uh, what I'm used to playing you know it, it just throws you off so like I think that's been the ultimate search in you know finding a pickup that allows you to feel like you know just it's transparent you just like you feel like you're playing at home you know yes there's kind of become like two ways of playing there's the way you play in your room unplugged and let loose in that way and there's like a way that you know how you can attack once you're plugged in and going you know through loudspeakers and stuff like that so um in a way like i i think like finding better pickup systems that allow us to play more how we play when we're unplugged i think can be a good thing towards like uh being able to make the music that we want to live you know i mean i say we you know i'm not really gigging at this point or anything like that but um you know just in general uh people want to be able to play to larger crowds and stuff and there's nothing like a great mic sound but uh it just never worked in an instrument and i think what Aller bags has is a lot of uh, intelligent guys on their side and a lot of determination to do the best that can be done in yeah, their they, you know they have a lot of options like for the guitar i mean like there's a different type of you know right pick up for a different type of sound that will you know mm -hmm. i forgot what the name of the one i had that on the guitar which was like over the sound hole that oh M the magnetic pickup yeah. yeah but that one worked great with pedals you know what i mean M like M1 it, was it, was yeah. no, it was clean and clear like it didn't have like that like um well like you muddy. know magnetic pickups i've always really liked but they just only work well with uh steel string right right yeah but um i really think like the ultimate is going to be when they just break down and do a 5-0 lyric ukulele style version of that dual system for people that you know i mean it's so a niche explain market explain what like, the difference is between a 5-0 a and the lyric now as far as the pickup goes. okay so uh you know for for people that um aren't aren't necessarily like totally familiar with different pickups you basically have uh three different types of main pickups you have your under saddle piezo pickups so those sit underneath your saddle um we're gonna drill holes in the uh, bridge saddle slot uh, and then a strip goes underneath your saddle there we adjust the height of the action to um you know play real nice and easy because it does raise it a touch but it picks up the um, vibration from the saddle as uh, the strings vibrate it goes from the saddle to that pickup and um, that's you know made into the amplified sound then you have like contact pickups or soundboard transducers are sometimes called um, k and k is one that we carry from them um, they're 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 okay until you try to get to higher volumes usually um, and i think they generally work better with steel stringed instruments but there's some fans of them in the nylon string world and it's become like kind of a best alternative to like a number of like yeah, I mean, I you think know for, for compromises like, um, for someone who doesn't know or just like maybe just to have something to plug in it's a cheaper version of, of something that will do it justice as, as far as like you know making and, a sound and there is something plugged in 
given the right instrument and, and amplifier that is a little bit more natural than a piezo undersaddle pickup uh it's just a lot of times um there's not the balance that's needed and uh the other type of pickups is, is microphone uh, so a microphone inside the body has been done by a number of different companies number of different brands and it's usually coupled with an undersaddle because it just can't really handle on its own just uh, any sort of decent gain and it's going to feedback. So you get what's called a feedback loop because basically if you have a mic inside your body, if you're playing live, there your sound is also coming back to you. So the sound is coming, Not it's not only picking up the sound as you play, is picking up the sound, you know, split second after as it's coming from the monitors back into your body. And that causes all kinds of chaos that makes it to where like any sort of decent gain levels and you're going to end up um, having feedback issues live. And in, even if you're not playing loud and live, a lot of times there's just an unevenness of like the mic is picking up certain frequencies and um, they're just sustaining in the body a lot longer depending on where the microphone is and you know what type but this the, you know the thing with the lyric is it's a different totally different type of pickup i mean sorry microphone and um and it works i mean like it's not um i mean i found like cutting around like 500k which almost for any pickup kind of cleans it up a little bit but um it's always going to be somewhat of a compromise uh, but it's the best I've heard so far. I've tried it on the LR bags. Uh, uh, what's it called? The, the, the monitor that we have at, at work there and the AR here and some of the cheaper amps that we have and stuff. And it holds up. It's good. So that's promising. But they, they originally made it for the classical with the shorter end jack and with a three volt preamp. And for some reason decided that they were just going to do them uh, the same as the steel string with the long, which, you know, the end jack is like almost like it's going, six inches to, long, it's right? like, yeah, it ends like at the bridge. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried the mic in a few different places when I, when I did the, um, install and I found it was best right underneath the transverse brace below the sound hole, because you, you have a little bit more stiffness there, a little bit more control. And, um, you know, as far as alternatives for people that don't like undersaddle pickups, it's the best thing we found so far. So that was cool. So that's kind of, uh, you know, some of the things that happened in the last week with me. But um, that's kind of a, a nice segue into pickups. And that's going to be our topic for this first week. Pick it up. The sound. Pick up the sound of the ukulele, is what I'm saying. So, let's first talk to Joel. He's installed... This, I, Too many. I dare to say well, more... Well, no, not enough. ...new pictures than, that, than uh, anybody. Uh, give us your take on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, going down the same line, like, starting with, like, the contact pickups, or, like, the like with the K&Ks, like you said, they're okay for, like, a, if you just want something basic that's going to kind of pick up just unnatural whatever its own and you're not worrying so much about a lot of volume or not driving that way and you have a model that's going to work well with it something that's braced pretty well and it um 
even like some some ones that are more thickly built they tend to work better because they won't overdrive that sensor if it's something really thin or the top is really responsive those ones tend to kind of like give us an example like a like on a I tried them on the uh, like on a koaloha like they have the that one unit brace right coming around so the top like they they sound awesome they're really boom they they project really well Acoustic. they're really responsive acoustically and everything but putting those sensors right on on them it just seems like too much feeding in too much feeding have, into that have you signal played with like different spots on them like maybe going more towards the edge different spots usually when, when before putting them in like they give you these little finger glove things and i can or even like um you know rigging it up with some like brace clamps you can put the sensors where they're going to be and kind of tap around on the soundboard to see how responsive they're going to be depending on where you put them and we've experimented and like follow what they recommend and also kind of just going outside of that and just trying to see what we can work with and it just seems for the most part if it's really not doesn't have that much bracing or you have something that's really responsive it just seems to be kind of too much where it overloads and you wind up with this kind of woofing or like a just a distorting especially on certain frequencies you know it would help it does help if you have like a like K&K does make that ex external preamp that you can run it through if you put it through that you can kind of mix it a little bit better mm -hmm. before you get to the amp but and they do recommend like uh, at least with the twin spot having a bridge plate not every uke has a bridge yeah plate. yeah especially the ones that don't have a bridge plate. but even putting it on the bridge plate sometimes it you get a really it kind of kills that uh you know having that overload but then it also can sound like really tinny and kind of just plunky almost like a you're hearing it halfway down a hallway mm -hmm. or something which i mean there's so many different combinations of just how the instruments are built and yeah. how they're going to sound and vibrate and channel and, it's and everything. It's not really a reflection on like the K and K. Because like on the canards, yeah. they they sound right. really There's good. And he does it that, like yeah. the way that those are built and the way that they're placed and everything. I don't have any problem with those. Like I, they sound great. I remember trying the Shirtler, which is like a similar type of, uh, uh, but they're more they're more expensive. Um, they're like they can run like four hundred dollars, like between three and four hundred dollars for like a soundboard transducer. Same, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a little bit different, but it's basically the same type of contact pickup that a kane k is and it just didn't work at least for me you know with ukulele it's depends on the model and stuff but just in general it can be more difficult to get a nice balance with those type of pickups wouldn't you say like I yeah mean, I mean, yeah and even like you know and just like changing strings around too even like if you get like you have the twin the way you kind of balance it, you have to place those two sensors in a way that's going to kind of pick up the bass and the treble evenly. You switch to a different set, the top's going to kind of have a different stress on it. It's going to vibrate a slightly different way, and the strings are going to yeah. kind of change that signal too. So it's kind of a little hard to dial it in and get something more consistent that you can change in a way that, you know, you get used to your instrument and how you can mix it depending on the sound you want to get with those. It seems like it would just be a lot more difficult. So that's the... That's the K&K. &K. The... Um, the Pono Passive is another one that we put in, and that works great in the Ponos. It's like a really natural, even tone. Like in my Pono, I have a Pono Passive in it. It's really, I mean, it's built for those instruments, so they, it works. There's four really individual well. crystals. Yeah. So you have a firm, the firm, as opposed to like a, like a woven element that slides in through two different holes. You have like a a metal frame boat that holds in those four crystals and keeps them in line and it gives it a that helps too if the bottom of the the, the routing and the bridge 
isn't totally perfect it, that kind of compensates for it a little bit by giving it a firm foundation underneath so you, the pressure is you still get a good even pressure as long as the saddle is shaped correctly zach you you um gig with that pickup in your in your pono what's your experience with that one that it's that it's great through my through my pedals um i've had a couple of instances where um i just brought my pono thought no, you would no just pedals. be all jack johnson and show up with your slippers just and slippers just and no a uke, you know and that's it just straight in guys and maybe even so that, that pickup, wasn't so just give me another mic for my uke you know but but, um, but but that did that came out weak or what yeah I, once i a couple times i've gone straight into a, a pa system and the the gain level is just very, very what was the sound guy just like trying to crank you and no it's my, it was my sound system so i mean it's oh, like it's oh, something oh. i'm used to and i'm like you know i know how to work this soundboard and it's like i had to turn everything up 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 and it's just like really weak but it's like as soon as i plug it into a pedal it, like it boosts the signal and it comes out fine i can turn it up from yeah. here so usually i go into a a boss multi multi-effects pedal which is called the me 70 um, Isn't there like new generations of that? I mean, we were is, selling the ME70 back then. Yeah, we. Uh, there is a newer version. I forget what it's called. I think it's still called 70, 75. Something. They keep going up. Anyway, yeah, it's a multi-effects pedal that you can buy from almost any, you know, guitar store. Sam Ash, Musician's Friend. Two ninety nine. That's yeah. That's where yeah. I bought mine for. But any. It, it seems to definitely uh, boost my, that. I mean, there's there, there's preamps in there that do what any preamp like the you know if you were to get an LR bags para or venue di or they've got a new one of those now too or right. whatever. But it's those preamps in there. And that's and that's what it doesn't have going straight yeah. into a PA system, which is um, which yeah. the sound is not. It's just not good. It's well, straight to a P, to, to a PA, and we, we can hear that a little bit later. Um, I like to show you, you know, show you firsthand just the difference. Yeah, and and that I, you know, I really wanted that aspect to make our podcast a little bit different because podcasts are usually just shooting it, you know, about the different topics and stuff like that. But um, we uh, decided to bring some of the ukes that were just hanging out at the store over that had different pickups in them today, and we were gonna just give them a different sample. So. We're going to um, uh, just give quick samples of the different uh, pickups. All right, so. All right, now the amplifier that you're going to end up choosing is going to have a direct effect on um, what you hear. This is an AER. I noticed when I, when I played through the AER versus through the LR Bags reference monitor, it's slightly different. The instrument is going to be slightly different, but, you know, we can't try every instrument or every amp. We're just going to give you guys a sample, a quick sample of some simple chords, picking and strumming on the different pickups. So right here is the LR bags into a Kala Elite going through an ATR. Okay, so that was the LR bags. What do we got next, Joel? Uh, 
Okay. This is the Big Island Slot. Alright, so this is the K&K. This is soundboard transducer. Um, Zach's gonna play that same little ditty. This is the Big Island Spot going this into the... This is the expensive pickup we offer, but we still offer it for a reason. Well, this is a pretty expensive, awesome uke. Right, this is a uh, Joji Kanda. I mean, this he thing builds, is beautiful, uh, man. On the island of Okinawa. If you're not picky like on, on tone and just wanting well, something out, I mean, you can color like, the tone up too. Yeah, yeah, like you yeah. get that external preamp or something, you can yeah. color quite a bit. But exactly. And and as he mentioned earlier, Zach definitely did um, melt our faces. Okay. Yeah, I melted it. It's like the end of Terminator. What? Oh yeah. Right? It goes in the right. lava or something like that. I was that. trying to tell people we weren't gonna like shred their faces off, and Zach's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take it easy, Satrian. I definitely am going to shred your face. Satri Hygiani. This is my Pono Thin Body Electric Cedar Top Acacia back inside. It's ukulele with a Mai Sai or Misi. No. Or it can be whatever you want to say. It's, it's, it's a pickup available for sale. From our website, <laughs> my side, Misi, tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Obviously, a lot of string attack. That's that's what I mean by trebly, a little bit higher. Yeah, you know. You but know, this is something. I'm not really adjusting. Pick that's up right. To pick up, but that's what you. When you plug in, you have the control to really fine tune it to that pickup and that instrument. Exactly. And it's how you color it afterwards too. So it, these are all just kind of what what you have to work right with. Yeah, it's just what you have to work you know, with. Putting the gain out of. Maybe a little bit hotter than I, I should have because we started with the passive pickup. But um, what are we gonna try next, Zach? Um, the uh, what's in that uh, Oh yes, so that one is gonna have um the Pono passive. No, we already up uh, in the uh, electric. So we just tried the Mai Sai in a TE. Now we're gonna try a Pono in a TE. 
Get a little AB action. All right, Joel, we just heard the my side. What are you expecting to hear from this? Um, because now we have the same model, a thin body, but now we have acacia wood on the top and we have a Pono passive. So we heard a... Well, I'm just saying, this is all factors, right? So we had a cedar top with a Maasai, thin body, no sound hole electric right before this. Now we have the acacia, acacia top. I'm thinking... And a, with a Pono passive. This is actually a mango that we're going to try, not an acacia. And the mango is all solid and it has a Pono passive and compared to a cedar with a Maasai, which is an active pickup. What, what do you expect to hear different from what we just heard? Um, I'm thinking it's going to be not quite as bright, as heavy as an attack. It's still going to be bright, but uh, still not like a lot of, not really any bass, not a whole lot of bass into it, but definitely more than the Maasai. A lot more balanced, kind of natural sounding without as much of an attack and that kind of punchy this treble sound. right here. And like I said, the Pono Passive, it's very quiet. I kind of like it though. It's because it's neutral. It's really so, so, this, so that's why this tone is kind of reliant on whatever you're plugging into. Yeah. So if you're plugging into a PA system, you're not going to get a lot of volume. Look, we're plugging into an uh, amp that we just heard the other three pretty loud. We, right. we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't touch the volume right. other than the first time I unplugged it, but, but it I was the same. There's a lot of volume to turn up. Right, so, let's, so this, is, this is on the same path. We had yeah. all our other ones. All, all right. other ones. Now let's turn up the volume just a little bit to see what we hear. All right. So we had to turn up the gain and the master. So we tried uh, a number of different pickups. Um, I was all excited about the lyric, and uh, <laughs> we left it at the shop. But I mean, uh, I can bring it tomorrow. We can try it out tomorrow to give a quick tone. I can leave this set up or something. Right, or even next week if we're gonna do this. We can once make a week. that just first thing next week. The first thing you're gonna hear. Well, is I'm not weird. that worried about it because they they do need to make some. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to happen right away. They don't want to sell pickups that are made for guitars to be installed for ukulele, and I understand. There's I just, like, so much excess wire. I don't want to install and, guitar yeah, pickups exactly. in an ukulele. Right, yeah. It, yeah. So, any, anyways, we're going to be working with LR Bags on that. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be great, I think, in the long run. Uh, but the the 5.0, I I think, is, is anything that somebody would need to be able to uh, plug in and, and, and play live. Does that 5.0 have anything to do with the actual pickup or is it just like Hawaii 5.0? <laughs> oh, you mean does the number mean anything? Yeah. I, you know, usually numbers. I'm pretty sure it does correlate with the whole They have a wave on it. Yeah. <laughs> I. Sorry. Oh, I know. It was the fifth time they tried to make a uke pickup. No. Yeah, you know. Wait, is know. that a fact? Is that conjecture? No, no, no. It's the fifth time. Really? No, I don't know, but oh. I mean, you know. Can't put that out there. Don't fool me, Andrew. 
Someone's going to repeat that. This is um, Podcast 2.0. <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, we know we're trying You guys here. might not hear it until 5.0. And if, if you hear this, no, we, just gotta, uh, we, we, we just would like, start your, doing we would like your input, you know? Yeah. Um, we, have, we had a section we want to do where it's, we, you know, we take emails and we kind of talk about... Um, did you guys do bit. that? I told you to I find it. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's go around. Let's okay, go around so, real quick. So, um, my... Uh, subject is not just one specific email in, in in itself just because it's it's a general question that we get asked a lot and um you know it's it's when am i going to get my uke no oh okay anyways can um, i get an update on the status of my uh, it's going to sh- ship soon <laughs> i'm trying really oh, hard to get it ready <laughs> go ahead anyway so um is so the the topic i want to cover is what what, what size is right for me um, with the four sizes, the soprano, concert, tenor, and baritone, um, you know, it goes from from smallest to largest. It, it it doesn't have to be a specific one, but I mean, obviously, we have things to work with. Our our how big our hands are, um, and and what we like to feel in our in our body, because sometimes you just want to sit on a couch and be comfortable and not have to like you know have something in the way, or maybe you want something a little bit beefier and like feel like you know it's a little bit bigger like more towards a guitar so i mean it's first of all just kind of what you feel most comfortable with i mean ideally we would, we would like everyone to actually hold the instrument and, and kind of just see what it feels like holding it you know in your arms like like carrying a baby for the first time like or something just having it in you and then right away you, you'll probably know i want something smaller bigger or this is just right but so three it, months later it might be totally exactly different. so it's, yeah. it's hard to say but you know um, my my best recommendation, if if no one has never picked up an ukulele ever before, is a concert, just because it's right in the middle. With a concert, you can either go soprano or tenor. You know, so I I actually like soprano kind of these days. Well, my favorite size is tenor size, but um, I end up playing soprano more than any other for its Maybe convenience. Maybe because it's easiest, right? I can like lean back on a couch or on exactly. a bed or something, and it's just it the the tension is lower, and uh, it's just kind of fun. It's like it it kind of compresses as you play it harder. It's just each, each size is kind of unique. What's your take on it, Joel? I like a tenor. I mean, I think if if you're getting into it because you heard something that you like or something, most pro players are playing a tenor. Not always, but sometimes. I mean, most of the time. And most, I think the most popular size is definitely a tenor, right? That's what most people end up with. So you get a soprano, you get a concert, you get a baritone. At least everyone who's playing, almost everyone at least owns a tenor. Yeah. That's kind of where you end up. So like a concert or a tenor is good for most adults. If like a little kid's going to start and get into it, you can get a soprano. They're a little bit less expensive. It's a little bit easier if you got tiny hands and... It's not as intimidating. But no, there's something. It's more than that, though. Like there's. I mean, something... it's got that really nostalgic sound to it, too. Right, but even, no, but I mean, he's I just saying know. it. It just kind it's of fun. suits it right away. But from yeah. before, for those type of right, right, situations, right. someone yeah. with smaller hands, but like say, a younger person. Here's, here's just... what I say. First, you get a tenor. Yeah. Then you get a concert. Then you get a soprano. Yeah, but what if they're five years old? <laughs> and then you get three more of each. <laughs> right. Once in a while, we'll get an email that sounds like a classified ad, where it's... Like, oh, I'm about like six foot two. My hands are this size, specific measurements right. of their hand, hands yeah. and everything. And it's, I, I get it. It's like, it's to be helpful because they don't, they want to know They want to give us the best representation yeah. of what they're exactly. working with. I totally get it. But 
doesn't really work. Like it, it it's not it doesn't yeah it's not necessary it's not like finding the right suit size for you or something. It's like if you have really giant massive sausage fingers or something, then you know you probably want some more room. So go for a, a tenor or something or some more fret space. Or if you're coming from guitar, you're probably gonna want something. An easier transition would be like a tenor. You don't really need a baritone because that's basically halfway to a guitar already. So SC two A G C E A. But you know if you. All right. A tenor. So what, Joel? Did you pick an email? Yeah, it was just um like for some reason within a couple of weeks I got a few of the similar emails and um we even got a return basically the same problem of strings not staying in tune and sometimes when we're doing the setups we have to change strings from the factory some strings especially like on a lot of the import models we use Aquila strings and one of the nature the nature of them is that they stretch quite a bit so even when we replace the strings we stretch them out some in the factory but um or in the shop. But they still stretch quite a bit, so there's a, a decent amount of allowing them to stretch and retuning and everything. At a certain point, they will settle in and become a lot more stable. But if you receive your instrument and it's not staying in tune, or you're like you're having to tune it up before you play, or maybe tune it up after you play a song or something, occasionally it's because we had to put some new strings on it and they're still stretching out. But a lot of the time, it's People don't expect the strings to stretch as much as they do, whether it's nylon or a synthetic or even fluorocarbon. Um, it's takes they stretch out a lot, so you sometimes you expect, like you take it out of the case, you yeah. tune it up, you play a song. I tune up even on my steel string guitar, electric. It barely goes out of tune. I, tune I mean, up there's, there's every a song. point where it settles in, but like it, it's often weeks. Yeah. Of yeah, every weeks. every single time you pull it out, you know? yeah. And it's not like if if the, you have a de- if you had a defective tuner. Friction tuners are a little bit different. You will be able to see really easily if it's slipping out of tune because you could watch the post turn right. as it's slipping. With a gear tuner, it is almost never There's a defective gears tuner. gears that are locked into yeah. each other. It would need a ton of pressure to pull that gear, and you would be able to watch the gear move as it pulls. It. Or Otherwise, you would see no the string way. pulling out of the post by not being yeah. put in in a secure way. Or yeah, it's either the string is moving or the post is turning. It's usually neither of those. If you really want to make sure, you could take a little marker put a line on the string if you don't see that thing not, move yeah yeah so almost 100 percent of the time it's just the string stretching so you can stretch it out manually a little bit you know going all the way from top to the bottom of the string pulling on gently retuning it you don't want to just start yanking on it at one specific point because you can create little imbalances but other than that just you know you keep tuning and playing and tuning and playing it will settle in and it's you know it's something all of us have to do with our personal instruments too it's just a you know, even if you had a classical guitar, you got to do the same thing. It's not necessarily just ukuleles. It's different than steel strings, um, but it's and, very you rarely know, a defective instrument like or the tuner. Base their, um, I guess, like paranoia or worry over their past experiences. Understand that sometimes, like with certain instruments, certain types of strings, you you haven't dealt with the amount of movement that you're dealing with currently with whatever set of strings is stretching on um the, on the set that uh you're you know having problems with or or the instrument you feel like there there's a problem with the instrument and um yeah i mean 99.99% of the time the actual material of the string is stretching like the way that skin stretches like the way that uh 
you know you've had to deal with but maybe a little bit worse nylon strings or if, if you come from the steel string guitar world then no you, you haven't dealt with this amount of stretch before um but certain ones joel what would you say as far as like which strings are the you know most stretchy or you know take the longest the like the new nalga aquila string mm. the super nalga is a little bit more stable like it'll it'll fall into it's that little sweet zone where it's it's more stable and staying in tune easier the regular new nalga it's, they stretch quite a bit um following that like lighter gauge fluorocarbons and then usually like nylon sets they're a little more reactive to like you know temperature and playing and stuff so you like yeah. you know you're playing them they're going to react a little bit more and like they're going to heat up as you're playing them and everything so you're still going to have to tune between songs like yeah I mean, pro I, players you, know, you see them they're doing that kind of on like, stage yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah exactly so it's like you're going to have to tune up a lot right. but it's right. not a, necessarily a bad thing you know it's just, well it, 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 it does settle in at some point yeah you know have patience keep tuning up every time you play and uh just realize that your strings are still stretching, you know. If uh, you want to try a different set, you're going to start all over again. <laughs> Anyways, um, I I saw an email in, in our general mailbox, and, uh, you know, we don't have much time left with this one, so I'll just, like, kind of paraphrase quickly. Basically, the person said, hey, I love you guys so much. Um, uh, watch your guys' tutorials, and thank you so much. I'm looking at these four different ukuleles. There's this Lani Kai and this Lani Kai and this... Riptide and this Luna and I'm looking at them getting them from this guitar center near me but um, I'm not sure which one to get because they're gonna have to order in each one of them you know it's big old long email started really nice you know like nice and promising and you get into it you're like, kind of like oh, okay <laughs> like this is taking a long time for me to read but um that's okay I mean we do want to help people it's not always about making sales and stuff like that but you know my i haven't answered the email yet and you know i was thinking about it and you know from their standpoint like i guess it's kind of a novel concept for people to understand and believe because you know i was thinking about it i can't think of many or maybe even any retail operations that actually improve the products they sell so they want me to you know give them my advice on which one to pick and um yeah i mean i mean my uh, advice is basically that uh you should pick a model that we carry because uh, that that's the only way i can feel secure in assuring you that you're going to get something good because even the best of affordable brands out there will have uh instruments that should be rejected and almost every single one can be improved and that's what we do for you okay so i mean you know that's enough of the spiel about what we offer i don't need to really go into it more and i'll find a tactful way to answer that person but yeah each week we're uh, i guess we'll each just pick an email and and kind of go through it and uh, we've a little bit more than run out of time yeah plugging through a bunch of pickups this week but um we'll be back next week and if uh you guys can uh email us andrew at the ukulele site zach at the ukulele site joel at the ukulele site uh go ahead and give us your feedback and also uh, ideas for the future and we're going to have different guests guests on um you know the different 
performers in the area, the different guys that do sound samples, the different guys at the shop and different teachers in the area. And we're going to try to make this podcast fun. We're going to correlate it with the ukulele review blog, which I'm fixing a few things on right now. And then, um, yeah, it's just going to be another piece of the puzzle of what we offer you guys. This is a little bit more, um, you know, uh, hopefully you don't quote us too, too hard on it, but, um, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Okay. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. let's see. Let's just get like a random conversation. Yeah. Like, um, say you guys um, just met for the first time at like a bar and you're like talking hey, to each other about. Hey, what's like, up, man? How, how you doing? What are you? What are you? What are you here for? Uh, I heard that there was a guy who has a similar receding hairline as me, so I wanted to check it out. Is that scary? Is that? That scares you. It scared me more and more because I saw my dad the other weekend and I told him to pull his hair back and it's way further down than mine. But why would you need to go to a bar to figure this out? (laughs) Ask good questions. (sighs) Don't need answers. Seems like you guys kind of like each other. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I was there, actually. I can tell. Can't you tell? I saw him performing at an open mic, and i just been stalking call, him for the last several years. He's trying to call me out because yeah. of my receding hairline. I saw him at an yeah. Oakley tournament. I liked his backswing, and I wanted to I know, play that, the back nine. I knew that beautiful wife of yours was just a beard. A beard? <laughs> the me- Sandy is the metaphorical beard. How do people do podcasts? There must be coke right? No, then it would be like this. Yeah, welcome to the Ukulele Podcast. Yes. That, that would be cool. <laughs> that mess. Right, well, our yeah, customers are at that speed all the time. So Yes, and we, you know, and that's why we need to keep up with them. So we need to do what we need to do in order to survive. I, I, I think on the mainland, that's kind of like the, the, the speed it's at, you know. Well, super fast? Because yeah. I, I only know super normal. Only on the coasts. <laughs> yeah. Like on the mainland, if you don't answer in someone's email within like two hours, you're like... <laughs> No, come on, get with it, buddy. I haven't checked my personal email in two like, weeks. We <laughs> shut up. I haven't. <laughs> no, I mean at work. Oh, not, I mean my email. personal one. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not a person. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't check a personal email no, if I had one either. Who am I anyway? You know. You what am I supposed to check? Answer. You make phone calls. I, I mean, mean anybody we answer it. that needs to get a hold of me is going to text me. <laughs> Don't worry. You know, ladies. <laughs>